everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Pathways Perspective, the podcast. I'm Clara and I'm one of your hosts. And my name is Baidu and I'm your other host. This is a really special podcast episode because we're introducing our newest initiative, Pathways into Development Graduate Internship Program. This is a year-long paid internship directed at Black graduates who are seeking to enter the international development sector. We're really excited about this because it's a joint initiative with Diasporic Development, which is a network of Black practitioners based in the UK, which was started by five Black women working in the industry. I got to speak with two of the co-founders in our episode, Vanessa Thomas and Satya Diaz. The aim of this podcast is to give our listeners a glimpse into an in-depth conversation between experts in their fields. So it was really an exciting opportunity to have our own Bindu and two heads from Diasporic Development talk about their own experiences in the development sector. We're really excited about this initiative because it's a great way to begin tackling some of the challenges that Black professionals face in this industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our latest episode. Hi, my name is Bindu and I'm a business development consultant at Development Pathways. Hello, I'm Vanessa, one-fifth of Diasporic Development and I work at a grant maker in the UK. Hello, I'm Satya, another fifth of Diasporic Development and I'm an aspiring professional trying to get into development. So thank you so much, Vanessa and Satya, for joining us on the podcast today. It's Black History Month here in the UK and we're using this episode to talk about some of my favorite topics, Black people and international development. We wanted to use this episode to speak a bit more about the experience of being a Black professional in this space and why it's really important to continue to build representation for Black professionals in all levels of the industry. So the first question I wanted to ask you guys is how did you get involved in international development and what has motivated you to start your career in the sector? Really good question, Bendu. So I guess it probably makes sense just starting with dashboard development, so who we are. Um, so Satya and I are representing five black women and we're all either working or interested in kind of the third sector. So the UK charity sector, but also international development. And we develop quite organically just as a community of, of women having conversations about the, the woes of our jobs and how difficult it was getting in and how there was no kind of clear path, clear career path. And then realizing that this is an actual thing, like it wasn't just us finding it really difficult. This is a systemic kind of issue. There aren't enough black people working in the sector. There's enough black representation in the sector. So we developed quite organically from that sense. And we're now a, a social enterprise that kind of seeks to um, increase black representation in the charity sector through events and working with organizations such as yourself. Um, and more personally for me, so I did a law with politics degree International development, looking back, was on my radar, but I don't think I'd ever named it as international development of Sierra Leone inherited. Um, it's always been in my life, so so much aid is in Sierra Leone. Like everyone who goes to university wants to work for a charity because that just seems to be the most prosperous sector there, which is another conversation in itself. But that was always something that was on my radar, but it wasn't an obvious kind of career path for me. So law with politics, interested in graduating, um, sorry, interesting in becoming a barrister. And then after university, I um, spent some time spending, wasting the money that I'd saved for law school, traveling, but also doing some volunteering. And that was, I think, the kind of hook into this. So something that I'd kind of been interested in, something that I had conversations about with family, um, and then just tried to kind of pursue it more formally. 
I feel like I've been talking for ages, so Satya, jump in and, yeah. and say. No, you summed it up perfectly. Um, this is how we met. Um, Vanessa was actually trying to help me get into the sector. Just through Twitter, I was like, oh my God, how do I get into this? I don't know how to do this, but a bit of background on me. I studied European studies um, in university. It mainly focused on international relations. Um, that's what I really was interested in. Um, there was always this nebulous idea of one day trying to help the world and you know trying to help my people put us in a better position and there was just never any a clear um vision of how i would do that there are organizations like the un and the eu but those just seem so kind of like far-fetched and such a huge step and so before we get into that sort of those organizations what is there what is there before that and that's what i was really struggling with um i eventually sussed out that i wanted to do something in comms just because of the perception and the optics of how a lot of things in international development is is shown i had i had had some issues with with the way things were portrayed and i said yeah this this needs help this needs fixing so i eventually landed on that and I think we need to be in it we need to have someone who's lived as a black person who understands how to humanize black people or just people that are not white um and just to show them in a more human kind of way and I think that's what that's one of the things that really put people off from working in um international development um it's just the just the optics of it all sometimes looks a bit a bit depressing a bit sad so so that's why i wanted to get into it and found these lovely girls and here we are and yeah that's really great i'm also excited because I'm from Sierra Leone as well, and some of my first few jobs were in communications. Um, for me as well, I think I had a similar experience um, because of my background. As you mentioned, Vanessa, you're always hearing about development and how to build your country. Um, so it's always something that's been in the back of my mind. And when I went to university, I studied journalism and international development and I was trying to find ways in which to connect the things I learned about storytelling, about communications, um, to the issues in international development. And I did find it difficult to first start getting into the industry. Um, one of the things that I ended up having to do was go into international development organizations through communications. Um, part of that was working with international journalism organizations, uh, working with journalists who worked abroad as a ways in which to kind of connect and start building those dots between my experiences in university and the things that I learned to the actual industry that I wanted to get into, which was international development. So I wanted to also ask you guys um, how you've faced and started working towards building these connections to get into the sector because it sounds like we're all coming from different backgrounds and not the traditional backgrounds of politics or economics. Um, well, I I kind of like still took a very non-traditional route. Um, like I said, I did European studies. There was a heavy focus on international relations and a lot of politics. Um, but again, politics is so lofty that and that you want to be doing more work on the ground. Um, I, I worked in Spain for five years. I was teaching... I was teaching kids and it was mainly through just um, 
how we were perceived. I was a, I was one of the few black people working in Spanish schools and it was just mainly how we were perceived as our image. Um, I would get a lot of negative feedback and quite low level microaggressions about, oh, you know, I'm black, I'm African, you know, I must be, I must be struggling, I must be um, poor, even though, you know, I lived in, you know, a Western European country, I just flew over from London to Spain. There was still this heavy perception that, you know, I'm to be pitied um, or I'm just, you know, in the lower position. And I think a lot of that had to do with the perceptions of the 80s, the constant constant messaging and, and images that came from a certain place you know we were talking about um what was it band aid the christmas the christmas song and it's just such a headache trying to combat all of that all of that um conditioning all that all of that <laughs> all that deep deep perception that people have of africa and black people and i think that's what kind of pushed me to be like we need to sort this out we need to offer a different story not just a single story of development and and people needing aid but fleshing out these these people and fleshing out their stories so I think that's I'm not in the sector yet but that's what's really that's what really has me quite passionate about about getting getting into the sector and there's just always a suspicion that there aren't enough black people in the sector and this is the outcome this is the result that we have so far so that's what's pushing me to change it and i I also think just building on satya's point um everyone in our sector continues to say that they want to work themselves out of a job and you just think well the most effective way to work yourselves out of a job is actually to have like effective programming and to have effective programming surely the work should be done with the people that are affected and and involved work can't be done to them so and I, i think the diaspora kind of bridge a really important gap between just having the understanding and nuances of their communities back home was also being born and kind of brought up in the US or the UK or whatever and whilst it's not perfect it's crazy that more work isn't done to kind of bridge this gap and use and prioritize and center diaspora working in development so you have to question do people really want to put themselves out of the job or is this a new kind of wave of colonialism Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it was an interesting point that you made, Satya, about how this is the result of not having enough Black people in this space, which I think is really important to recognize. Um, one of the things that I also think about as well is not just why aren't there Black people in this space, but the ones that are here, why aren't we hearing them? Where are they and what do they look like on the ground? And it's interesting because when you are a Black professional in this space and you hear something like that, it's kind of like, well, we are here, we do exist. And there's groups and networks like this diasporic development and other networks all across Europe, in Africa, all over the world that specifically focus on building the skills and expertise of Black professionals working in our industry, not only in the diaspora, but also working around the world. And so I think it's really important to start acknowledging that as well and thinking through the ways in which um, we talk about Black professionals in this space and also thinking through the ways in which we begin to interrogate why we're not hearing these voices and why they're not here. Another question I wanted to ask you both is specifically about ways in which and opportunities that you guys had to get into this space. Even though I found it quite difficult to get into international development, I think one thing that did help me a lot was having internships. Um, So opportunities that 
were allowed me to do an entry-level role, learn more, get experience in international development, and learn more about the things that I was interested in. So I wanted to see if you guys had had any similar experiences and how that has helped you in your career as well. Really, really good question. So like I mentioned, after graduating, um, I spent some time figuring out whether I was going to go to law school. Um, so some of that was traveling, but some of that was volunteering through this UK program called International Citizen Service. And as problematic as it was for many reasons, it was actually one of the few accessible ways that working class, Black, Asian, other kind of not privileged or ordinarily privileged groups could go and volunteer in another country for three months with all expenses kind of paid for by the government. Um, so that was just a really great window into that world. And I think that that definitely gave me that additional thing to mention on my CV. And my peers at, at work at the moment, they kind of got into the sector because they had a spare six month where, where they could do an unpaid internship in Peru, which their parents funded £5,000 for to get them over there, for example. So that, that was definitely something that was a, a good leg up. Um, then co coincidentally, so I, I was in Uganda for three months and then one of the organisations that I'd kind of been volunteering at prior to Uganda had a role um, open and I slid into that. So I feel like my journey has been a little bit accidental in that it just happened to work, but I know that that's not the case and that's not the norm and that's another reason why dashboard development is so important. So I feel like I'm in the anomaly to the rule and or the exception to the rule as opposed to this being the journey for everyone. And then I guess once you get into the sector, there's also the conversation around progression. So yes, you're in, but then are we going to stay at junior level roles for 50 million years? What's our career kind of routes up there? And I think those kind of conversations that we're having internally at Dashboard Development. So we've now all been, apart from Satya, kind of been working for two to three years in international development. So what next and how accessible is moving up the chain? Um, I think for me, it was, it was more um, of uh, maybe like an age limit or they wanted fresh graduates because I know I went and lived abroad for five years and, you know, tried to figure out what I wanted to do eventually. And so coming back, uh, there was a lot of emphasis on you've got to be a recent graduate to access this internship. And um, that was kind of, um, it was a bit difficult, kind of off-putting. Um, so it has, it's been a bit, bit bumpy trying to access internships especially if you're not a recent graduate and I think it takes some people longer than others to really figure out what they want to do so that's some, something that's always been a little bit of a bugbear for me but I'll figure it out it'll be fine <laughs> yes definitely and I think you're both touching on two really important points uh Vanessa this idea that internships are a way in which you can gain more experience in international development and learn about your interest and from there that can sometimes lead to a job um, within the sector but I also think Satya your point about how internships can be a bit limited as well um, a lot of these internships are focused specifically on early graduates and if you're some one who's just deciding what you want to do or you want to transition into international development, that's a big barrier into getting into the sector. So that's part of one of the reasons why we started this internship that we're going to be talking a bit more about in this podcast episode today. We're launching this diasporic development, Pathways into Development, a graduate program. And this is an opportunity for a Black professional to join us here at Development Pathways for a year. Um, and one of the things that I do like about this internship as well is that it's not just restricted to recent graduates. So we're looking for people who are out of school for at least three years and who have at least less than a year of 
professional experience in international development. And it's this recognition, as you mentioned, Satya, that people have different life journeys and different paths that they've taken to get into the sector and to start their interest in international development. And so it's something that we're really excited to launch with diasporic development. And I think it's a great partnership and opportunity for someone to learn more about international development and hopefully build a career in this space as well. 100%. Mike. We're, we're so excited about this partnership. And one thing that's brilliant about it is just that it's paid. And that shouldn't be a thing that you have to say, but like getting paid for a job is not something that many entry level um, professionals have had experience of. So the fact that they can get paid experience in an international development organization will just reap dividends for the next step. So we are so excited to be a part of this. And I think we should lead with that as well. You're right. We should be leading with the fact that it's paid. It's a paid opportunity. And as you said, Vanessa, that's pretty rare in international development. And it's crazy that it is. It's a very privileged and it can also be a very off-putting and disheartening part of trying to break into the sector. Uh, Not everyone has the financial backing or the resources to be able to take on unpaid work. And it's difficult to be in a situation where you really want to get into an industry or you're really passionate about some of these issues, but you have to be paid for your work. You can't take on an unpaid work. Mike, can I pose a question to you, Um, Mm Bainsey? It would just be good to know how you got this rolling at Development Pathways. So what was kind of some of the internal conversations that landed us to launching a really exciting new partnership. Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, This internship started in part due to the Black Lives Matter movement, especially the thing that happened over this summer and this global recognition that racism is a continuing legacy of all the things that we've talked about and the lived experiences that Black people have. And we wanted to use this as a way in which to start talking about some of those issues and finding ways in which we talk about the Black experience, specifically in international development. I think when we're talking about Black Lives Matter, it's obviously in reference to the police states and police violence and state violence that people experience. Um, But also it can be a way in which to start exploring the lived experiences of Black people in our sector, which I think is really important to acknowledge as well. And so that was part and parcel of why the internship started and why we wanted to specifically focus on Black professionals. When the conversations first started, we really wanted to make sure that the internship was paid, um, as for all the reasons that we've mentioned earlier. So having a paid internship was something that was always on the table. It was never a question. What was important to me was making sure that we partnered with the Black Network. I think that if we're going to be doing initiatives like this, then we need to be talking to the people who will be directly impacted by it, who will be applying to the program, and we need to hear from their experiences and learn about their thoughts and just center Black people in these conversations. Oftentimes, that doesn't happen. Often, it's we have these kind of lofty conversations about how do we address diversity and inclusion in our sector, and we don't involve the voices of the people who are directly impacted by this exclusion um, in international development. And it's very heartening to hear you say black, (laughs) not BAME, not POC, but, you know, just black. You didn't whisper it. You didn't say it, you know, in a low tone. You just said black. (laughs) And that's really good to hear. (laughs) Yeah. So I think when you first approached us, we were a bit like, oh, my gosh, really? Us? What? So once we got over the imposter syndrome, we were like, yes, this is brilliant. This is fantastic. Of course, we we jump on board. And um, we're really kind of appreciative of, how collaborative this partnership has been so far. So just kind of letting us run over the job description and just make sure it's inclusive, but also appealing to, to our network and beyond. And then some of kind of the things that you, you mentioned of what we could offer. So just recognising that particularly for uh, 
a graduate who's either just graduated or graduated last year applying for this kind of thing might be completely new to them so reaching out to our network to see who can support them with their application and with cv kind of support um and these are these are the things that organizations in the sector or organizations just in general don't think about like it's not just about putting out a job and saying we're looking for black people what are you doing to actually help them put their best foot forward so that's that's what we're trying to do um as well as that whoever gets his graduate scheme will also be able to come to all the dashboard development events that we have for free so just bringing them into our network of black professionals which as we kind of said they do we've really carefully curated to make sure that it's safe that it's um yeah, just, just, just a place where you can have informal conversations or formal conversations. You can speak to professionals at different levels and you can just find a place to be. Yeah, we're, we're providing we're providing community, essentially. And so it isn't as lonely out here. Um, someone to mentor you, someone to hold your hand a little bit through it. I think all of this is, is priceless when you're starting out, when you're looking to get into the sector, to, or to get into anywhere, really. Um, yeah, it's definitely something we'd all wish we had. As I was saying, it's not just the internship that matters. Um, it's also knowing that there's people behind you, there's support behind you, there's a community of Black professionals that exist. Despite what people try to say, like, we exist and we're here. Um, and so how do we start using this internship as a platform and a way to do that? And that was kind of like the thinking behind it. And that we've basically been doing this before BLM anyways. And yes, this definitely goes beyond um, Black Lives Matter. I think that a lot of the time when things like that happen or there's an event, it's almost this weird initial shock where people are surprised that racism still exists. And I think if you're a Black person living anywhere, it's it's kind of like, no, this is a reality and this is something that we've lived our whole lives. Um, and oftentimes there's this flurry of activity of what we're going to do and how our company is going to respond, how do governments respond, and then it kind of dies down until another incident comes up. And also recognizing that there's a lot of people who have been doing this work, like diasporic development and other communities and networks that have been talking about these issues for a lot longer than we have. And so this is a sustainable movement and this is something that we need to continue to build on, continue to interrogate. Thank you for joining us once again on this week's episode of Pathways Perspective, the podcast. Let us know what you think by engaging with us on our social media platforms and on our website. We've relaunched the internship program and we're looking forward to receiving all your applications. Watch this space and website for more on our work. You can find blogs, webinars, and future podcast episodes at developmentpathways.co.uk. Till next time.